Welcome to Bon Jovi Discussions. Today, I have my buddy from Yonkers, New York. Did I say that right? Yes, Yonkers. absolutely. I think I'd have the New York accent, though, right? Hey, you got the close Jersey accent. You're good. I don't even have that. I'm, <laughs> from, I'm like eight hours from Jersey. Anyway, I have my buddy, Steve. How you doing, buddy? I'm doing great, Jerry. So glad to be here. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to talk, and uh, I'm really excited. Good. So we'll start off with how you became a fan. Give a little background on that. Wow. All right. So where, where should it begin? I mean, um, all right. So I guess it's segue. When I was a kid and my older brother, it's about 10 years older than me. He was a huge Elvis fan and, you know, mega. And I loved, I started liking Elvis a lot. His music is it's just really resonated with me. And I said to myself, you know, it's something that Elvis has. He's passionate about his music. And I need to, I want to follow somebody that's passionate about the music too. I want to be inspired. Like my brother was inspired by Elvis. So, you know what? Here comes, you know, the Jovi team and something about them just, I made, it resonated to me to the point that I said to myself, why these guys that only sound great, that only have amazing songwriting capability, but they really are passionate about the music. They really are super passionate. They love what they do. And you can tell they're having fun and it's from the heart. And whatever John got up there and sang, it was just, he was just giving it his all. I don't know, there was, some, there was something different about them. There was something special about them. Yeah. So what was the first song that you heard that you really, because there's a lot of bands out there that really are passionate about what they do and love what they do, but what was it music-wise, that really pulled you into the and this is my band. This is what I love the most. I tell you, the first thing that kind of hit me was Tico's role in Bad Name. You know, it was just like, da 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 And I was just like, wow, this just sounds so powerful. It sounds so so true to that song. And that that's kind of what struck me as, wow, I really have to start listening to this band more. Tico's drum roll in Bad Name, without a doubt. Yeah, he's a badass drummer. I'll tell you, as you already know, he is yeah. incredible. The hitman. The hitman, absolutely. So, okay, so before we continue, what's your favorite Bon Jovi song and what's your favorite album? Oh, wow, this is so, this is difficult. Put, right, me, on, so, put me on the spot, buddy. Put me on the spot. All right, so my favorite Bon Jovi song, hands down, take it to the grave, born, without a doubt. Born to, born, be my to baby. born to be my baby. Okay. Born to be my baby, without a doubt. Nice. I mean, when I uh, when I heard that song, I was like, wow. It doesn't get when I saw that video. I mean, you know, before internet, before any of that, it's just you just saw you waited for that video every month and a half, two months. It was like a treat for fans, you know. Yeah. Dial MTV. You know, I got to dial MTV. Got to get number one. And when that video came on, it just, wow, it was powerful. What a powerful song. And it just it stuck with me for what. 33 years now and yeah the best song i've ever heard in my life what what i really like about that song this is kind of unique you know if you look back at, at at the 80s so you know born to be my baby you know was on the new jersey 1988 album and i think it was forget what's um anyway um the music video was wasn't something that other bands were doing all these 80s bands were doing live video you know live video music videos Sure. And uh, because they're just constantly touring, 
And Bon Jovi had like the unique idea back then to think, hey, let's do something a little different here. And of, of course, sure. Bon Jovi did the live concert footage and stuff like that. But for Born to Be My Baby, they did things entirely different. A, they recorded themselves in the studio. And secondly, they kind of had like a different intro musically. Which How was kinda, awesome was that? How yeah, awesome it was awesome. Was you, know, you know, one second you just hear John singing a cappella. Then secondly, you hear just like the guitar and then the whole band in a circle going na 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 na, you know. It's just like that was so cool. That was, and it was surprising to see that, you know, for the first time. And I'm just like a kid. I'm just like watching, and like and they hit stop, and the camera focuses on the stop button. And then I hear him say, "All right, let's take it to the top. Let's take it to the top." You know, go back, and then bam, 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 and write that powerful chorus. I was just yeah. like, "Wow, yeah, wow." That was, I was just, it's never happened before, and it was just such a unique video. That was yeah. so, so awesome. Because I, I think that's like. You know, I, I I could be wrong here, but I think that's kind of like one of the very first videos where you kind of show them a little more mature, a little more serious. Because if you look, obviously from the first two albums, their music videos are so cheesy. She Don't Know Me, example. Yeah. Only Lonely. That music <laughs> Only Lonely. makes sense. You know, but so the first two albums are very cheesy music videos. Then the third album was more life on the road and live video concert footage. And then the... You know, the New Jersey album, you know, you started to get like Born to Be My Baby, where they're kind of showing their maturity about, you know, being in the studio, being a band, and, you know, stuff like that. So, absolutely, without a doubt. And I mean, my favorite album has to be New Jersey. It's just, it's the album that, yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, Slippery catapulted them into superstardom and something they never expected. And it was like a lightning crashes and you have to grab that bolt. But New Jersey, just cemented them into a legacy. Yeah, proven that they weren't just a one-hit wonder. Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And I, I think New Jersey's really, really had to prove themselves and, like I said, show the world they weren't just a one-hit wonder and they, they could keep continuing to be a success. And they were the biggest, hands down, the biggest band in the 80s, hands down. Without a doubt. I mean, between the success of uh, a slippery and I mean the millions and millions of albums sold and just yeah. to actually continue it with New Jersey as yeah. big as big because for a soft for another album to do that after the success of a slippery it, for it to be that big was yeah. I mean it just it resonated to the point that look wow this band is just here to stay yeah and uh, the production the, the sound was even better Bob Rock did an amazing sound with mm. with New Jersey I mean, you see or hear it now, 33 years later, and it still sounds like an, better than half the albums you hear on the radio right now. Oh, don't even get me started on today's music. Oh, <laughs> gosh. Over, but the, I won't even get into it. The production value was just... Um, just production value. The, and, the, there was heart and soul in music back in the day. Oh, you know, without a doubt. Nowadays, it's overproduced. It has no substance, has no meaning. Even the artists don't even write their own music. You know, like... I just, I, I think I really appreciate the old time rock and roll bands, 80s bands, because they wrote their own songs. They were hungry for success. They wrote their own songs. They, it, it, it's different to hear a singer sing a song that didn't write that song. Yeah, of course they could emotion, you know, put some emotion into it, but they didn't write that song. They didn't write that song from their heart. Now, when you watch someone like John Bon Jovi sing a song that he's written and poured his heart into, that song has substance. That song has value and 
and heart and soul. You know what I'm saying? It, it, it's better to watch someone sing their own songs versus singing a song that someone else wrote. Yeah, you can relate, but you didn't write, you know? Makes yeah. sense? Yeah, so. completely makes sense. Absolutely. You know, I mean, to write it, to put it out there, and, you know, just one of the last few, one of the last few great rock bands, in my opinion. Yep, exactly. So let's get into our first topic. We want to talk about what it's like to meet John Bon Jovi. And you, and you didn't tell me this story yet, so I'm going to get, get to hear it for the first time here as well. Yeah, pretty cool. You're a cool no. story. So I'll shut up, let you talk. So it was uh, December of 96, and uh, the boys were playing at the Count Basie Theater in Red Bank. Oh, and man. Uh, I remember show. it was Christmas show. And I remember it was freezing that night. It was it was a winter storm that night, and um, and I remember just thinking, you know, I'm, I'm in Westchester County, so going to Red Bank was about a good hour and a half away. And snow, it's gonna be like about maybe two and a half hours, you know. So it just kept going on forever. We finally get there, and they sounded so so good. And um, I forgot what they opened with, but it was a really good, you know, different opener. Um, and what an amazing show. I mean, they were so tight. And the Count Basie Theater, is, it's not huge. It's, it's a theater, right. obviously. Yeah. So, um, And they were doing that in succession for maybe like three, four years at a time. And I think the one I was at was one of the last Christmas you know, shows that they'd done. Because I think they stopped it for some reason because maybe it got too big or it was, it was, it was just too over the top. So make a long story short, after the show, I had a friend of mine who's my sister's best friend, and she used to work for Polygram back in the day. And Polygram okay. was obviously, you know, the band's label. And uh, and she got me in, and, and she was basically saying, hey, you know what, we have a chance to meet, you know, Bon Jovi. We, we can go to, a, there was like an after party at a nearby, oh, nice. at a nearby restaurant or something like that. And I'm sure it was, it was really cool. It was by the water, but it was freezing. It was winter out, so you really can see, you know, the, the nice you know, surroundings. And Jerry, I remember it was so packed. It was so unbelievably just mobbed and swarmed. And there's John. And I'm like, just like, wow, I got to meet this guy. This is here. I'm here. And, um, and I remember the security, he was like, he had a you know, security guard with him. And, you know, it was, it was a lot of people around him. And you could tell he was, I'm not going to say annoyed, but you could tell there was a lot, there was a lot of people more than they had I guess wanted to have the party, and uh, and he was he was just going back and forth, and very busy. And I will tell you, there was about a good few feet. I was right there, and I was like, you know, what do I do? Do I back off? I know he's maybe just a little busy. I don't want to bother the guy, but this is my chance, you know. Yeah. So basically, I was like, I went up to <laughs> went up to him, and I was just like, got my second there, and I was like. Like, hey John, it was like, you want to take a picture? And he goes, Yeah, sure. And I'm telling you, man, the guy was, he could have said no. He could have said, No, I'm busy. He could have just not even acknowledged me. Yeah. But that was my moment to take a picture with him. And, and you know, he, awesome human side. And it would have, it would have def, it would have been definitely upsetting if he would have said no, but he said yes. And yeah. it was an awesome picture, you know. Um it, yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you when I get a chance. Yeah, that's how you got. Now you got to show it to me. You know, <laughs> it's it's so cool to hear other people's stories, especially when it's not like a runaway trip, which, which those are cool. I've obviously done a few of those. Sure. 
sure. But it's awesome to kind of hear more of a low key meet and greet where you a just run into them or b see them at an after party and just kind of hear those stories because that that shows you how genuine and the admiration he has for fans you know that he'll take the time for a photo and to say hi and you know obviously that's not always the case because he's busy and there's you know especially when on tour there's a main thing but in your situation i think you you know you have the great opportunity yeah and i actually took the picture my friend with him so i snapped the picture of my friend with him as well and i think a few minutes later it was before or after uh, i remember tico was playing pool uh david was playing they were playing just doing just playing pool man just hanging out and i was just right there I even i think i kind of bumped into david a little bit i said, I said excuse me it was so funny i saw his dad i saw john's dad and i remember telling him hey your son's really motivated me inspired me so much and i appreciate everything everything he's done and his dad was cool with me as well. So I met his dad as well that night. It was awesome. Yeah. So cool. so John was there, David, Tico. How, how was David and Tico? Very nice. I mean, um, I didn't get a chance to say anything to them. I, I bumped into David real quick, and I, I even said, hey, I'm sorry, because they, they were shooting blood. I don't want to bother them, really. Yeah. But um, I, had, I had the communication with John. I had communication with his dad. And I was kind of just hanging out and, and seeing, you know, Tico playing pool and hanging out. Yeah, well, was Richie or Hugh there? Hugh, no, I didn't remember seeing Hugh. I just, I didn't remember seeing Richie. I remember vividly not being disappointed not seeing Richie. Maybe he didn't make it. Maybe he didn't go. Maybe he was just busy. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, with that that storm too that you had, maybe. I yeah, the ride home wasn't great. <laughs> no, but I was happy. <laughs> I, I think he was out in LA at that time too. If I remember, with, out with Heather. Uh, that, but yeah, that's that's yeah. a cool. Now, have you ever met them since? No, it's been a, it's been a long time. Hey. It's been a long time. But you still can say, yes, that John Bon Jovi. And how many fans can say they've had that kind of story? Exactly, like that personal so, story. Instead of like yeah. you know meet and greet and take the pictures, it was just genuine. I was just it was more yeah. like, hey, is it going to be cool with me? That kind of like approach. And he was very cool with me. It's very cool. Yeah, and you know, to hear him say sure, absolutely, and I could tell he was, you know, he had a lot in his mind. He was very busy, and he could have said no, but he, yeah. he was very cool with me. And the thing is, too, is you know, especially when someone at his stature, you know, and admires his fans and respects them, and you know, it, I know he he will do whatever he can to make people happy. And like you said, in that kind of situation, you know, he he's pretty much. The center of the party. He is the party. So everyone Absolutely. wants to talk to him and stuff. And so just kind of put yourself in his shoes for a second to think you have all these people to please constantly, every day. Know. You know? Can so, you imagine that? It's just a, a different life. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, and I, and I had to, you know, I've met John and the band multiple times, whether it was a runaway trip or yeah. just happenstance luck on the street or, you know, just other special events. And I'll tell you, every single time I've met any of them, they've always been kind, nice, and like John especially. Like it's so great just to stand there and you talk to John and you kind of forget, oh my God, this is John Bon Jovi. Like he's really just a normal, like you and I just talking into the conversation and not, you know, just, you know, and then you kind of remember, oh my God, I'm talking to John Bon Jovi. Yeah, yeah. 
And, and it's great how you have all those moments with him and, and, and you have all those interviews that you've done with him and he acknowledges you and, and yeah. definitely knows that you're there. That's really yeah. cool. And that, that's you know, that's something I'm always going to be thankful for because in a million years, I never, I never thought I'd even meet the guy, you know? And then it just all kind of happened within the last 10, 12 years, you know, meeting all the different band members and, and uh, you know, because the, the scariest thing is thinking, okay, I've never met the band. Yeah. How are they to actually meet? Because I've heard horror stories of like other bands where like my one buddy, I won't name the band, um, <laughs> my my buddy is a big fan of this one band. And he's like, kind of like me with Bon Jovi, absolutely adores them, loves them. Sure. The music is his life. Yeah. And he he bumped into the guitar player and he was an absolute jerk to him. He All he did was he went up to him. And mind you, this was at the time, he was only a 22-year-old kid. Sure. He went up to him and said, hey, I'm a huge fan of you. It would mean the world if I could get a picture with you. And the guy and the and the uh, guitar player told him, no, get out of here. It's, that's, that's horrible. It, it, it crushed him. You know, Absolutely. so... So my point is, like, I'm so thankful that every member in Bon Jovi is kind and good to their fans. Now, of course, you hear horror stories, but those horror stories usually come from fans who are interrupting their dinners or chasing after them at an airport. And You know, there's a right and wrong time. Sure. Yeah. Like, I've seen band members at restaurants with their families. Do I go in? No, I just... Yeah, that's not the right time or place, you know. Not at all. No, you you have to uh, respect their privacy. You got to respect yeah. that you know they are just like you and I, and and you can't, you know, you you can't do that. You know, yeah. I mean, there's a time and place, and yep. I don't know. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm an older guy than you. Like, I wouldn't want to, you know, bother somebody, especially like a younger generation fan, like a guy in a band. Like, what am I gonna do? I'm like an older guy than him. I'm not gonna bother him. Like, you got to know your boundaries and know your respect. Yep, exactly. So there's a right and wrong time to go up to them and stuff. And you know, there's also times, too, where fans just act crazy. And I'll, I'll give you my classic Pittsburgh story. All right, cool. So I saw John in, uh, what, what year was it? When Trump and Clinton were running, 2016. Okay. And they were doing uh, fundraiser concerts. And so John was with Lorenza and Everett. And they did a Pittsburgh show, like, you know, Who Says You Can't Go Home, Lost Highway, and Prayer, acoustic. Sure. And after the show, we weren't even planning on it, but we were going to our car. All of a sudden, we saw Bill Clinton walk no out. Way. And we're like, if Bill Clinton walked out, John's going to walk out of here. Sure. If you didn't already. <laughs> so there was a few other Bon Jovi fans, maybe four. And uh, I, I, I knew some people there, and they're like, did John come out? No, he's going to be coming out soon, though. So we, so I said, you know what? Why not? So we, so we waited for a little bit, and uh, so John security and it was Matt wasn't there. It was some other security. Security came out and said, hey, John said he's willing to take some photos with everybody as long as you form a line, be respectful, and I was like, cool. And uh, cool. I was probably the third in line, and we waited for maybe another fifteen minutes, twenty minutes. John came out, and by this time, word kind of got out that John was, and I think it was like 10 people, which isn't too much, I guess. 
I was the third, fourth in line. John was like in a really good mood. He's like, hey, what'd you guys think of the show? You know, saying hi. And so he went to the first person in line, took a selfie, signed their ticket, got to the second person. And as he was approaching the second person, the woman in the back just flipped, screaming, John, I love you, ran towards John. Security grabbed her before she could get to John. And John looked at her and said, sorry, guys, and turned around all pissed off. Oh, respectfully so. I don't blame him. Sure. And I was like, you, I was, I was thinking to this lady, you just ruined an opportunity for not only yourself, but eight other fans who waited in line. And mind you, when this was agreed upon with security, there was only four or five of us. You know, and she ruined that experience for others who have never even gotten to meet John. And like I said, he was in a great mood. He was signing stuff, taking selfies and joking around. Sure. This, this one fan ruined it, you know? So yeah, there's always gotta be a, a bad yeah. one in the batch, right? Yeah, yeah. So my point is don't don't act crazy when uh people people go to meet him. You know, like he's honestly he really is just and you know this is you met him. He's really just a down to earth, easygoing guy. You know? The the few yeah, times I've cool. met him, yeah, he's just easy going and he's great with the conversation too. You know, he'll if he if he is really engaged with talking with you, he's sure. he's to have a conversation with. So yeah, other cool guys are too. You know, David. David's really cool. Um, so yeah. Did, did you see the the picture today with uh, him and David since seventy eight? Yeah. I think he posted. That's really cool. I yeah. love that one. Yeah, yeah, because and that's kind of cool too. Is seeing knowing that David's been with John since you know six years prior to what Bon Jovi started as. You know. Wow, that's a life. That's a lifetime. Absolutely. So okay. So next topic we want to talk about was some of our favorite concert moments. Right. Sure. Absolutely. Um, wow. So. So name your. So how many times have you seen them? Uh, I'd say about twenty-five. Twenty-five. Okay. Not. Not that it's a competition, but just for this conversation conversation bet my numbers at 59 it's not a competition that's awesome <laughs> it, it doesn't matter if someone is, has only been to one show yeah sure, or sure. 100 we're all equal no one no fan is better than the other that's i always right. i always say that but that's so, so cool. what's so what's your favorite show that you've been to oh that's a good one um my favorite show to have been to I really enjoyed the Keep the Faith tour in '93. They played, wow. they played the they played the Brendanburg Arena. I remember that the New Jersey the New Jersey Devils used to play back in the day in, in New Jersey. And just a quick pause there, and that brings me to another point too. And <laughs> there's people out there that go, well, "I've been to more shows than you." That doesn't matter. No, I've been to 59 shows since 2000. Now yeah. I didn't get to see the band prior to that, so I am insanely jealous that you got to see them on Keep the Faith and these. I was just uh, tweeting to somebody earlier, saying that I wish if I could have picked any tour to see before the Crush tour, I would have loved to have seen Keep the Faith tour. Wow! So Keep the Faith tour was just. I mean, we all see the videos on YouTube now, but there was there was something about how good they sounded they sounded so tight and they sounded so just sonically perfect you know his voice was just 
I don't know. I think his voice was the best. Yeah. That, just his voice was so incredible on 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 that tour on Keep the Faith. Um, Both Keep the Faith. And was, the, I think that was John's best vocals of the entire career of Bon Jovi. You think so? Yeah. You know what? I I I agree. I agree. I think that tour. You know, he had a lot to prove between the whole. You know, after the we all know Jersey and Young Guns and all that, and the band back together. So the Keep the Faith tour was just something that was was special and it was a jersey show it was it was february of 93 another cold another cold winter day <laughs> and uh, i remember my uh my parents dropped me off at the brendan Byrne arena and i went there by myself i went to the show by myself and uh i was just man that they opened up with i believe what an amazing song to open up yeah, and it, I, I miss that. I, I miss seeing it, period. But as an opener, man, yeah, man, just that you know, that uh, that bass and the guitar riff, yeah, and then T go, yeah, John coming out with like, like, like with his fist up in the air, yeah, you know, I, I love hope and, and peace and, and love and unity, you know, and, and just inspiration. Yep, exactly. So, what's your absolute favorite concert memory, though? My favorite concert memory. I know it's hard. It's, it's got to be. It's. I have to say, it's got to be 1989 with Skid Row opening up for the boys in Giant Stadium, the biggest, the biggest homecoming at that moment. Look and at that you was showing off. <laughs> that was an amazing show. I mean, I remember being so into Skid Row. I'm like, wow, these guys are cool and. Yeah. And they're going to open up. They're from Jersey, and, and, and they're playing. And this is the biggest Jersey show that we could have. And they were so proud. They were so proud to be at Giant Stadium because it wasn't, it wasn't the arena. It was the homecoming, like we all see in the Access All Areas video. It's the homecoming. It was the one they wanted. And like I said, I cried like five times, I think he said in, in the video. And um, it was, you know, of course, it was 89. It was before girls had hair up to here. And, and you know, and you won your – your tickets on the radio and everything was so exciting and you waited on long lines to get your tickets, everything, you earned everything back in the day, you know? You just didn't hit a download button. Yeah, buy your, buy, you know, but I will tell you, buying tickets these days is stressful because A, oh. you don't know what the cost of those tickets are gonna be until pre-sale starts. And secondly, it's a huge competition to get those it's tickets. It's insane. I got a buddy of mine who's going to, uh, you know, the Chili Pepper show. Like, yeah, I'm trying to flip it for a grand. I'm like, it's just, it yeah. bring me back to the day, you know? Yeah, and it's funny, too, because I had a buddy send me a photo of his concert ticket. And I, I get yeah. a lot of people that do that, too, you know. And uh, you look at the prices on these tickets, and it's like 30 bucks. I was looking at my very first ticket, 40 bucks on the floor, 11th sure. row, center. Forty bucks for that t in a stadium, my friend. In a stadium. That's, that's absurd, right? And now, just like ticket, you know, I won't even say the name, but we both know the clowns that are running these ticket operations now, and the, you know, like the, you look at the, like you, you'll find a ticket, you know, you bite your tongue. Okay, the ticket that you want nine hundred dollars. Okay, you bite your tongue, but then you go to check out, and the fees turn it into. Twelve, thirteen hundred dollars. Yeah, yeah there's like, that meme that says, "Ah, and final price, you know, and like five, five grand more." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. like, like, there's like one that's like, um, 
on your computer fee or the click of a button fee or you know like all these like those stupid fees but like how do you justify charging someone four hundred dollars in like fees it's like i know i, I'm know, I think i'm determined everybody just wants to set their own price you know there's supply and demand but everything is just ridiculously overpriced i mean you, you just the other day at the boston finals i think floor seats were 24 grand for one basketball game 24 grand to sit on the floor like now nah, i'll pass yeah exactly and what makes me mad too is that there's resale seats not even when the when the it goes on sale there there there's our resale seats and it makes me mad because like uh my wife and i we we got tickets to somebody a couple years ago and sure. something came up we weren't able to make the show and we got the ticket for like maybe 250. i was like you know what let's just sell it for 250 get back what we made i'm not yeah. going to be in it to make a profit they wouldn't even let me resell it for that much. I had to resell it for much higher than that. Wow. And they, they want collect, to cut. Yeah. And they collect on uh, fees on that ticket, too. The same ticket that they already made fees on, you know? It's crazy. Everybody, Everybody's so greedy these days. Yeah. But you get these ticket scalpers that will buy the tickets that they know all the other fans want and triple the price, you know? Like, I remember on the Bon Jovi tour in April, you know, Bon Jovi was selling front row seats for like two grand. Okay. Some fans would buy those tickets and charge four grand for that seat. You know, it's like, yeah. it's, it's crazy. But yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not about to make a buck, especially with the band I love. I'm not about yeah. that. Yeah. You know, I mean, going to concerts, you know, you know, like I, I talk about how many shows I've been to. Well, that was when tickets were affordable. Now I only do a few per Bon Jovi tour. But, you know, like, it just used to be so much fun to go to all these shows because tickets were at a fair price. You had fun. But now, I mean, you've got to really decide which concert you want to go to and how much you're willing to spend because it's it's crazy. Yeah, no, I, absolutely. I mean, uh, and now all the bands are playing now because of COVID and everybody's back on the road. So there's just bands everywhere just, you know, just touring. So you have to pick and choose. Yeah, and that's what my wife and I, you know, obviously Bon Jovi was a priority because they went on tour in April. Which, did you go to any shows on that tour? No, I'm waiting for them to come over here. So they haven't been to Jersey or New York. I'm waiting for MSG. I'm waiting for, you yeah. know, uh, you know, one of the Jersey shows. I'm waiting for anywhere, anywhere close to me. I haven't yeah. gone. I, I thought about maybe going to, I think he did one in San Jose, California. I thought about going to that one. But um, I haven't gone yet. But I can't wait. I, I want to go definitely. When, when I think there's going to be a new a new leg coming, right? Hopefully. Next year. Oh wow, it's next year now. Yeah. I was hoping they would do something in the fall. Okay. Yeah, sadly no. Um, but uh, what else was I going to say? Yeah. But yeah, you know, speaking of you know, New Jer you know, I always say New Jersey and New York City shows are the best. I love. I absolutely love seeing the band there. Because they always like to show off for their friends and family. I just think that John's energy is just out of this world. Amazing. Sure. And, uh, did you go to the MetLife shows in 13? Yes, I went to uh, Because You Can Tour I mean, with the, the huge Cadillac. The Cadillac on, on the yeah. stage. The car yes. Sophia. Yeah. Yes. I brought my son, who's 15 now, I brought him to his first Bon Jovi show at that show. So it was me and him, how me did, him how there. Now, let me ask you, how does that feel to take your son to see your favorite band? Uh, it felt great. It felt, it was almost like coming full circle. And, yeah. 
And I was so proud to have him, you know, feel my inspiration and what I believe in the music that inspired me for so many years to have my son feel it. And it was, it was a special moment. I think I cried like three times that night. Yeah. You know, I love my son, and so I don't. I don't push him to like something he doesn't want to like. He he doesn't like. Yeah. He doesn't. He doesn't like music, at all, <coughs> which is surprising because his mom loves music. I I was, I was, am a huge lover of music, and uh, and I've invited him so many times in the last few tours to go see Bon Jovi. Not interested. I t- I did take him to see. He didn't have a choice here because he was too young. Yeah. He was like eight or nine. And so I was like, you have to come with me because I'm going to the show. But we went to go see Stephen Piercy. Okay. And uh, he, he didn't have a care in the world. Sure. So, so yeah, so I was wondering, you know, so hopefully my next child will. Uh, <laughs> but, but by that time, Bon Jovi's going to be retired. So, but, well, you know, it is what it is. Hopefully we have another, uh, you know, hopefully we have another 20 years left. Ah, I wish. I but, wish. I wish. Yeah, um, I was going to say something to that, but the the one thing that's so interesting, and I I didn't I I've realized it on this last tour. I've grown up thinking I'm the younger generation of Bon Jovi fans, and but this last tour I realized I'm not anymore. I'm like the middle generation now. You know, I'd probably say I'm the third generation of fans. Now there's a fourth generation of fans, much younger. And it's so cool to see younger fans love the band almost as, or even as much as you, you know? Sure. You know, because we live in an era now, like I'll use the stadium tour as a perfect example Poison, Joan Jet, Molly Crew, Def Leppard. I've, I've talked to so many other people <laughs> who said, I'm so excited to see, and, and Bon Jovi's included in this. I'm so excited to see this band because I never thought I'd have the opportunity to see them. You know, we're talking sure. 16-year-old kids, you know, who who love that band just as much, you know? Who, and that's cool to that's cool to think about because now these have these bands have just new generations of fans and wow, 16. I mean, that's these kids are just like just being introduced and falling in love like we did when we were kids. Yeah. And it, it's generations so, later. Yeah. So, you know, to conclude, what I'm trying to say here is, you know, on this last tour in April, I've met so many younger fans who um, love the band just as much as me. And it was kind of really cool to see their optimism because, you know, it's no, a lot of people were complaining about the tour. And I'm like, come on, people. But a lot of people were complaining about the tour. And so it was so refreshing to see someone who was just happy to be there to be able to witness them on stage as a band together, you know? Absolutely. I mean, I- Appreciative. I, without a doubt. I, I don't want to harp on that issue. One thing I will say is I defended John a couple times online and I just stopped doing it because I it just got redundant and I don't want to, yeah. you know, people are just so ridiculous and they think that you have to sound the same as you did, you know, 35 years ago, but you have Jeez. to understand it's, it's been 35 years of singing, 40 years of singing, and thousands of shows later. And, you know, hey, you know, your voice goes through a lot. And you have to understand that, that you're not going to sound the same. That's all. Yeah. You know, and, my- and the fact that he's out there giving all he's got to fans and people that he believes got him there. And, and it's a give and take. And as long as that we, as long as we want to see him 
And as long as we want to see the band, he's going to keep doing it. And that's all. Exactly. And, and my thing is, when you go to a concert, after the show, how tired is your voice? Wow, of course. You're just, you're shot. You're just scratching, you're clawing. Yeah. So you got to think the very next night when John is performing, the night before, he, he his, his voice was sore just like you and me. You know, but he's got to go in the next day and, and sing. You know, the, no, like, no, no, no. listen, you, you be 60 years old and you have that much of a history behind you and not just the average history of like, hey, the, you know, I've been, yeah, I've been playing music for, no, the average history, the mega history that he has. Yeah. The guy is one of the greatest frontmen ever. And to have that history on your back and to be 60, listen, you have to expect your voice not to be the same. Exactly. You know, and I still think he's a great frontman. He's he's still a great singer, and all I care about is that I'm still able to see my favorite band still. Absolutely. Because 100%. once day, you know, and, it, and it's sad because and we just lost Alec, you know. Yeah. So that was really it, upsetting to me. It, it really opened your eyes and thinking, appreciate what you have right now because one day, you're never going to be able to see this band live again. You're wow. not. They're not going to live forever. You know, so just appreciate the moment you're in. Stop sure. complaining and complaining. You know, we all have our complaints. Yeah, I, I have some things, but I, I focus on the good. Just enjoy it while you have it, you know? Absolutely. And for all those years of seeing that, you know, all those picks, the brotherhood picks and, and the big what, slippery picks in New Jersey, and, and now that Alex's not there anymore, it, it almost feels like that, like in Back to the Future, when you would vanish in that picture. Yeah, so it feels like you know, you just see it vanishing from the picture in front of my eyes, like you know, kind of like a feeling. It's very sad. It's very yeah. sad, but it is. You know, just like like looking around my office, you know, I have several photos of Alec and the band, and I remember, like, especially when Alec first died, I would look at these pictures. And, you know, and I've grown up with these pictures since I was eight year old, eight years old, twenty two years ago, and looking at some of these posts, I'm, I'm doing it now and just looking, thinking. Yeah. Oh my God! Like he's gone, you know. Like you know. So I, I, I really hope his death really kind of opened up a lot of people's eyes and just enjoy what you have, enjoy the moment, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. I was at that show, by the way, in Giant Stadium. Alec came out and did the oh. uh, cameo. How was that? So did did you know it was going to happen beforehand? Uh, there was talk about it. I was hoping it was going to happen, and it happened. So uh, it was so cool, and it was it was such a nice memory to see that and to be a part of that when it happened. Yeah, yeah that because was that, cool. was, that was six, yeah, seven nice. years after his departure. So that would have been kind of cool to see that, you know, because I was in hopes that obviously we knew his health wasn't the greatest, so I knew he wasn't going to be able to do like a full-on tour, full-on show. But I was hoping like when the band does their final tour, he would have showed up at some point and – done a few songs or at least do prayer <coughs> but we're not gonna get that opportunity now so yeah i was um just to keep on with uh, the shows i was at the these these days tour i saw two nights back to back at jones beach in long island new york oh man that was, that was july of 95 it was like july 25th and july 26th of 95 i remember the dates i think and uh, I saw back-to-back -back nights on these days, and that was that was a special experience because Jones Beach, for everybody who knows, like Westchester and Long Island, it's a cool 
it's just an amphitheater right behind it's just the water it's very cool and um and it was it was open it was just the night sky and just hearing the band rock and that was another great tour wow yeah so so what do you think was their best tour though best tour um I want to say uh, the Jersey tour, the Jersey Syndicate tour in '89 was the best tour. The one tour that I wish I would have appreciated, and of course you didn't realize it at the time, but yeah. one tour I wish I would have appreciated more and really took in was the Bounce tour, because we we don't get to see any of those songs. You know, maybe once in a while on a runaway trip or something, but with the band, nothing. Yeah, I, I went to the Bounce tour. I saw it. Yeah, um, I saw it in Pittsburgh. It was uh, another great sounding tour. Sonically, they sounded so good. Uh, Richie was spot on. And I remember this, that's a great album. Bottom line, yeah. it's, it's, the Bounce is a great album. And, and it's it's so underrated. It you know, really because is. It's like one of those forgotten albums. Sure. That it just, it seems like, I guess that's right. For, it was just a forgotten album. And... I remember someone had asked John about that on the runaway trip. And if I remember correctly, I have the video of it. And he just said that it's it kind of an overlooked album. You know, it's kind of, it's just yeah. kind of, but there's so many gems on, you know, undivided every day. You know, I'm just going to tell you all 12 tracks, even the demos. I'll even say the demos were the best demos of, of any album. The outtakes, the demos. I love, have you heard of uh, the undivided demo? Spider demo was really, really cool. And, oh, uh, yeah. I, I, I remember listening to that back in the day, and, and I remember playing it so many times. And I remember Target had, like, this, you know, this special, you know, right three, number. four signed, three, four songs, you know, on just released Target. That was very cool. Yeah. Um, they had, what, Lucky, No Regrets, Breathe, Stand In. Yes. Oh, and my gosh, Breathe was such a great song. Such a great Breathe. song. Breathe is, I think, that one, another reason to believe in standard were the best three outtakes from Bounce. Sure. You know, but uh, did, you ever, did you ever hear the Right Side of Wrong demo? No, I don't think I've heard that one, actually. Oh, man. It's, uh, it's on one of the singles from the Bounce era. I forget which one it's on, but there's a, a demo for Right Side of Wrong. I love it. The lyrics are a little different. Okay. I think the piano keys are a little slightly different as well. Cool. I'll listen to that. And you got to remember too. I mean, bounce was after, you know, it was, it was after the nine eleven. It was it was a lot of things going on. You know, the world changed, and you know, between that happening and it was, you know, it was a different time. So, you know, it was underrated. It was still a great record, and I think it was definitely one of the records that were pushed under the rug that fans just love. Yeah. Exactly, you know, and it's it's a shame that none of those songs get played live. If, if you I could know. Pick one song, oh from my gosh, played live, what would, one one song, what would you pick? I I, you know, I kind of like misunderstood. I think it's such a, that's yeah. such a gorgeous song. It's just the, cute. It's just I, a guy feeling bad for you know pissing his wife off, you know, yeah. pissing his girl off. It's, I, I call it the doghouse song. Yeah, absolutely. It's yeah. Like very, it's very, you know, it's something we've all been through, you know. And um, oh yeah, <laughs> a buddy of mine, a buddy of mine was in the doghouse a 
couple days ago and I thought about that song. I was like, oh, yeah, I misunderstood. There you go. Misunderstood. <laughs> Even that demo is really good. I think the demo that I've heard has an entirely different second verse to it. And it was kind of offbeat, though. You could see why it didn't make the actual song. But it, have you heard it? Yeah, I remember listening to that one. That was, uh, that was definitely a little different. I liked it. Um, yeah. What do you think of uh, Mad TV? That was such a out of nowhere song. That was the time that the, the what song? Real life. Oh man, that is probably in my top three favorite. Gosh, I don't want to call real life an outtake because it was never intended to be on Crush or anything. It was just just recorded for uh, Ed TV, and just to kind of show the world Bon Jovi's coming back with a new album soon. Sure. But, it was 99. It was, it was, yeah. and I was thirsting for new stuff. And I was yeah. like, real life came up. I was just blown away. And yes. uh, that bridge was just very cool. Yeah. Really great and, and what I really like about the music video. So you probably already know this, but crush was going to be named one wild night or it was going to be called sex cells first. Sex cells. Yeah. Then one wild night. And I think it had another title and it was going to be called just older. And then it finally got named crush. But in the music video for Real Life in '98, the in the video it's it shows New Bon Jovi out 19 coming in 1999. Sex sells. That's right. And, That's right. They even imported, they, they had some stuff in the city going, and just advertising yeah. it. And they, yeah. it's in the video as well. Very yeah. Cool. And I think I actually have a promo poster somewhere in one of my toes, somewhere in my collection of that promo poster in the video, Sex sells. Yeah. It, it, it went around. It was actually uh, bonafide certain title of what the, the album was going to be called. And for a good six to eight months, I was like, yeah, Sex Sells is coming out. And just fooled everybody. I guess they thought it was too raunchy, I guess, or yeah. whatever the case was. To, to be honest, I'm so glad they didn't call it Sex Sells. I just, especially because they, were, they weren't that yeah. 80s hair band anymore where you could get away with it. Totally. Going it's into like a, a Poison cover album. Yeah. <laughs> Exactly. You know, it's so like one 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 night would have been called cool, just older. I would I would have personally called it just older. I think that would have been a great album title, you know, yeah. because because they were going into a new generation, a new era, and I think they they were they were an established band at that point. And so I think just older would have been a cool cool title. I agree. So let's talk about um just to keep the conversation flowing. So basically just some random thoughts. I remember going to the city. It was, um, I, th I think it was on Channel 4. They had, you know, the live concerts on Channel 4. I think the summer stage or whatever it's called. And I remember it was the Crush, right before the Crush tour, right when the album came out. It was in June. And I remember going down there, getting there at 5 in the morning with my camcorder and just videotaping. I was one of those dudes, if you go on YouTube, I was one of those dudes just camcordering, you know, the, uh, the, the just Matt Lauer and all those guys on Channel 4 up at the time and, and seeing the guys on there waiting, getting ready to play. And it was such a big crowd. You had to keep rolling and keep walking. You're like, oh, you can't, you have to get out of here. So keep walking around. Yeah. We're going around like five, six, seven, eight times, you know? What a memory, Jerry. That was such a cool memory. And they, another, impactful beautiful day I remember it was it was june it was beautiful sun and it was so cool it was so cool to hear those songs i think they played four or five songs and i even went to another random thought 
uh, oh my gosh, doing the bounce tour. It was another, it was another city thing. And that's where they were on stage at Times Square. You can see it on YouTube. Right Are you now. talking about the, the Super Bowl? Well, they, they, they did the Super Bowl after that, but it was for like a yes. tribute. Yeah, that, exactly. So they were in the city. So I was talking about the crush thing that was different. And they went to the city and they played on, at Times Square. That was awesome. A blue tank top. Yes, the blue tank yep. top. So I was yep. there for that. I was there for that. I'm just oh, trying to think man. things. I remember, so this is VH1, so this is before social media and internet and all that. Yeah. I remember, because I was a fan for two years at this point, and I obviously wasn't as lucky as you to go to that, but I remember they were they were filming it live on VH1. And I remember that night, because this I, I was starting to do a, like a VHS uh, recordings, like, so I had like a, I have like different VHSs filled with TV recordings from Crush, Bounce, Have a Nice Day, How It, and so forth. And I, I remember being at the store and I told my dad, I said, Dad, we've got to hurry home because Bon Jovi's going to be on VHS. They're doing a Times Square thing and then they're going over to do the Super Bowl. i got to record on my VHS because <laughs> I miss it. It's gone. And sure. I got kidding you. I got in the door and I forget the time. I think it was like, what was it, 7 o'clock, I think, that it started. We, I got in the door at 6.58, threw my shoes off, grabbed my balance VHS tape, Put it in the VCR, push record, went to the channel, and sure. was, and my dad was so mad at me that I didn't help carrying the groceries. But I was like, Bon Jovi's on. I've been waiting for this <laughs> all day. I gotta watch it. But it was so cool because I remember seeing the helicopter flying in, and then all of a sudden you see John run into the stage. He's wearing a blue tank top. He's fist pumping people. Sure, sure, and, sure. And he was on fire. The whole band was. Absolutely. Uh, I remember going to, I think there was like a, for the ha Have a Nice Day tour, right before the album release, they did a, a theater thing, a theater show. So I remember bought tickets to the theater show. That was really cool. That was just a live theater concert setting. For which and tour? Having a, for Have a Nice Day. Oh, that was like the very one of the very first shows that they did. The Nokia. Yes, yes. I remember yeah. going to theater, I checking that out. That was a good memory, too. I know my stuff, buddy. I know my yeah, stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm testing you. I'm testing you. Yeah. <laughs> what a great conversation. I'm having such a great time. I think before that, though, they did the uh, they did a veteran concert where they demoed a lot of the Have a Nice Day stuff. It was a private concert, but they did it for the vets. And I think they went mm. at a camp, like a military camp. It was right before the Nokia Theater show. Sure. And they I saw the. Uh, um, I saw the Have a Nice Day tour at MSG. I think it was. I want to say November two thousand five. Yep. yep, November. Yeah. I'm just yeah. I'm just trying to remember, and I remember, um, you know, that intro with and I forgot the uh, the, the song title. Uh, last man standing. Last man standing. Yeah, last man standing. And I'm like, I was just wow. I was just blown away. I was like, wow. I'm just intro song. They sounded so good on that tour as well. What a show. That was. And uh, I remember, I love the song. Go ahead. I'm sorry. No, no, no. Go ahead. You love that song. What is it? Um. Like. 
It's all right, it's okay, you don't have any other way. Mama, oh, complicated. Yes. Okay. Yeah. They never played that. I love that song. Oh, they never played it anymore. I don't think I got to see Complicated. Because I, I saw uh, on that tour, don't don't hold me to it, but I saw it in both Pittsburgh shows and Cleveland, I think. And uh, never got Complicated. The only... The, Honestly, the only songs I think that I, I had to look at the set list again, but the only songs I think I got from Have a Nice Day were obviously Have a Nice Day, Last Man Standing. I do think I got Welcome to Wherever You Are. And I got I Am, Story of My Life. Uh, and I think I, I think that's it. I think that's the only songs I got, but I was hoping for Complicated. Never got it. But they I did, remember they did complicated MSG. Oh, of course they did. But I tell you, the, in, in February 2006, they released the Life from Have a Nice Day Walmart CD that had the six tracks that had Bad Name on it, Last Man Standing, Complicated, uh -huh. Raise Your Hands. I forget the other two. But that was cool. So I was glad we got like a, a this was before you know internet days too. Somewhat with music. We got a live version of Complicated. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I've heard it. It sounds it sounds really good. Yeah. Um, so many songs from the album. I am like we just talked about. I am. What an amazing song that one is. Talk about inspirational. I want to hear it after yeah. our conversation. I'm gonna play it tonight. Actually, I haven't heard it in months. I'm gonna go jam to Complicated. But <laughs> to to conclude here with I am. So my absolute favorite outtake is nothing. Which was an outtake. Oh my from gosh! So great. And so, if if you listen to "I Am" and "Nothing" back to back, it's almost the same instrumentally. Okay. Have you, have you noticed that? No, I'm gonna listen to it now. Just especially, especially the intro. It's pretty much the same. It has that same chord progression, and it, it, excuse me, it's very identical. And so, John scrapped it. And he gave that song to Bo Bice. So you got to listen to the Bo Bice version. He actually does a pretty good job. He changes a little bit of the lyrics, but it's great. Okay. Wow. So, okay. I think I heard that before. I forgot about that. It's been a while. Yeah. So we'll conclude with this. What is your absolute favorite outtake? Favorite outtake? Period. Favorite Bon Jovi outtake of all time. Take. As far as what? Like as far as a song that didn't make an album or just like a yeah. B-side? A song that didn't make the album. Um, uh, maybe this might not be it, but I love the song a lot. Good guys always wear black. I love that song so much. Oh, good guys always wear white. Yeah, I, 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 I white, love. Yeah, white. I, and I love that they did that live too in uh, the MTV Movie Awards. It wasn't really promoting anything. I know. <laughs> When they came out late at the MTV movie, I, I was watching. They had the MTV movie awards every June, and that was back then. Then I was interested. Now, now it's just a mess. But yeah. when they played that song, like wow, they sounded you know because it's such a heavy song. Yeah. And they were he the heaviest band there at that moment, and I was surprised they played a song. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, that's good. Anyway, but I know we can. You know, we'll, we'll we can talk about hours. I know we'll chat a little bit after this recording here, but I'll have to have you on again. We'll just talk about something else. It was great chatting with you. Oh my gosh, likewise. I had such a great time.
Yeah, absolutely. So, okay, let me end the recording here. Stay on for a second. And thanks again for coming on, buddy. Absolutely. Thank you so much. I had a great time.